What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Episode two, all the smoke. Welcome back, myself, Dak Jack. Hope you guys enjoyed episode zero and episode one. About a week and a half into the season, and I couldn't be more excited, man. Just getting started, baby. Just getting started. It's gonna be fun. Zion is about about six weeks out. We found out, you know, about a week and a half ago that uh, meniscus. Mm. Not surprised at all. I wouldn't be either. Uh, to me, I think it's 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 overhyped. Uh, I think they're trying to paint a, a crazy picture early on that he's too big and he's too this and he's too that. A meniscus is an injury that can happen to anybody like a sprained ankle. Mm-hmm. But I will say I, I, I do think in, in the scheme of things, when he starts to kind of understand what the rigors of the NBA are about, how many games, what the travel's like, I think he will need to come down to probably about 260, 265. I think that Zion will probably be the best Zion for the league because of how long the season is and, Mm -hmm. you know, the travel and how much they're going to depend on him. His body, everybody knew was going to be a problem or be an issue coming into the season. You mean issue in in a negative way? Yeah, because it's the difference between looking like a grown man and playing with grown men. It's a totally big difference. You know, uh, he was bigger than all the kids, but the wear and tear, the wrestling with those stronger guys, the court is way more open in the NBA. So he's going to get easier dunks in the NBA than he did in college because he's playing with better players and make better plays for him. So I knew his body. I knew it was, a, it was a plus that he was big like that, but I also knew it was a minus too because not having a muscle structure type body and being such an athlete, I knew somewhere down the line he was going to have some problems before he lost that weight, you know what I'm saying? I knew he, I knew it was going to be a point where they was going to have to force him to lose some weight. I wish it wasn't an injury because I wanted to see him, mm-hmm. but I knew it was going to be something like that that was going to happen for him to have to lose, to force him to lose weight because he wasn't going to do it on his own. Well, take it, but it's not like when we say like weight, it's not like he's fat or out of shape. He's just a big ass kid. But you know, when you get in basketball shape, like LeBron's huge, but he's lean. He yeah. still got a lot of baby fat yeah. on him. He got a lot of baby fat on him. But I think that also comes to what were you doing in, in, in eating at 19? You got, we, we got to remember he's still a teenager. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? So yeah. I think him coming into the league and understanding what the league is about, I think that 
maturity and having more of an understanding. Like I said, I don't really like it. It could be some baby fat, but he's just a big kid to he's me. He's from the it's, south too. We eat bad right. in the south. I can imagine. You know, ten what pounds I mean? of crawfish, boudin, fried poke chops. I want some of them right now. Mm. Yeah, go ahead. Lick that shit real oh, quick. That shit got you excited. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. You all right? Oh. But like I said, I think with experience, maturity, you know, changing his diet and just having a better understanding of what the game is about. But I, I think this kid is going to be fine. In the you long know, run, he will be. I had a similar injury in 2010 with the Lakers, uh, you know, a meniscus where they had to take 30% out. And I think the biggest thing coming back is obviously trusting it. I think it's going to take him some time to kind of trust the knee, although I, I heard he's had two prior surgeries on his knees. So he's kind of... Oh, that's coming it. out now. I think it takes us to a deeper story to where... I think kids are playing too much basketball at an early age, mm -hmm. you know, but it, it, it's a catch-22 because if you don't work out and you don't play, you, get, you behind. get behind the eight ball. You definitely see results. Um, you know, I'm, I'm coaching my kids, and they're about to be 11, and there's kids that work out four to five days a week, and obviously they're more skilled and, and talented, but to me, I want the twins to steadily improve and peak at the right time. To me, there's no point in being the best 11, 12-year-old, You want kids to be kids, too. Exactly. And I think that's what's lost in the mix is today parents, and sometimes it's the kids want to do it, too, but they're, you know, they, they kind of get that tunnel vision. And, yeah. and, you know, they're forced. I don't want to say the word forced. It might not be forced, but guided into just locking in and almost making it a job at an early age. It's, it's kind of crazy that you try to put that work hard, you have to do this mentality to a, a kid that's from 8 to 14 years old. I think it, it really makes no sense at that point. Sense at that point. You got to let them be a kid. You got to let them understand how to be a teenager. You got to let them go through puberty. You got to let them, you know what I'm saying, go through they all the things. got a lot of shit that, to do. Yeah, got a lot of shit to do. I, don't, I think when you get to the point where a kid like gets to the 11, 12th grade where they can understand what working is, what understand when, why, why he's putting in this work and the guys that he's competing with, what they're doing, you know, they'll understand it then. But at that age... From middle school to like 10th grade, it's, it's hard for them to, to really comprehend. It's too much, too fast, too young. You know what I mean? Like when we were growing up, we played outside. We did other shit oh, we concrete. weren't supposed to do. We, you know, we had fun. We were kids. Now kids, if you allow them to be kids, they get behind the eight ball. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it, I think it's a steady line of, you know, slowly applying, you know, working out to them and understanding and discipline. And with just let them be kids because, you know, we were talking about this before the show started today. Like, I didn't work out and obviously, you know, I, I made my way and, you know, I understand what I was in the NBA. But I didn't work out for the NBA until I was in the NBA. Right. You know what I mean? I played football, baseball, basketball, track in high school. Besides that, I, I was doing whatever I was doing. So it was never a time where I was like working out for a particular sport because I was always in another sport. You know, now kids are working, like I said, four, five, six days a week at a young age, and I just think eventually these kids are going to burn out, you know? I, I wasn't working out for the NBA until NBA had practice. I didn't do nothing until I walked into an NBA practice facility. What were you doing during the uh, Chiefing, downtime? Chiefing, partying, rock starring. You know me. you always been a rock Sometimes star, Sometimes gangbanging. You always, you know, I was all over the place. Part-time. Part-time. You weren't full-time. I, I was all over the place, though. Part-time. No, but like I said, now is it's just a different time. You it's know a what different I mean? time. And, 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 and unfortunately, you know, leading to Zion, not saying that the wear and tear, this is the reason, but it could be. You know what I mean? Kids are playing 50 to 60 games sometimes. Some kids are playing on two or three AU teams during the summertime. A teenage kid should not, uh, especially a kid in middle school, should not have a trainer. Right. I understand teaching them the fundamentals, you know what I mean? But they can't really comprehend what they're working for and, and, and what working means. Yeah. When they can get older, like I say, 11, 12th grade, then I understand around that time they can understand who they're, who, they're, who they're competing against, what they're working for, and what's their goal. As a teenager in the middle school, you don't know what your goal is. You don't know where your life going. So a lot of that stuff be for other people. 
You know what I mean? And, and that's when I, that's that's not fair to the kids. You gotta let kids be kids, man. Parents parents vicariously living through their kids to you know push them to something to to, to make them be great. I think for so a financial gain. You know, right. some of them not even really thinking about their child. They're thinking about it for a financial gain. What? How, how do you, ask your kid how they feel if they even want to do it. But if you think about it, I mean, like I said, we're talking about all these games and how talented kids are because kids are real talented, mm, yes. you know, coming into the game this year. But I really feel like if they're fortunate enough to be those one percenters that make it to the NBA, you know, all these younger players in the last, what, maybe eight to ten years, you know, the top picks have had lower extremity injuries. Too much basketball. You know what I mean? From Ben Simmons to Joel Embiid, mm -hmm. Anthony Davis, Michael Porter Jr., yep. Greg Oden. Blake. Blake Griffin. Yep. Um, Julius Randle, yep. you know what I mean? And this is, they're that next generation. There's where it, it wasn't as publicized, so to speak, but those kids started playing a lot of AAU, you know what I mean? So once you get to the league, it's just like, okay, now we really got to play, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And although they're young and they can bounce back faster, I just really feel like there's a lot of wear and tear on these kids at an early age, and, and, and it's unfortunate. You know, it's a crazy system that, like I said, if you don't do it, you don't stand a chance. But if you do do it, it's almost like it's going to be a burnout. And the only way to figure that out is make sure everybody's doing it for the right reason. This is what the kid wants to do. Okay, Dad, I want, I'm serious about this. Can you get me a trainer? Make, make, keep, keep the kid involved, yeah. but don't think you know everything that's best right. for him because the kid might not want to do it. Well, they have to want to do it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a good point. You know, I took the twins. I surprised the twins last year for their 10th birthday and took them out to Orange County and worked out and worked and Kobe worked them out for their birthday. And I was telling Cole before we got up there, he's like, you know, what are the boys into? How much they work out? And it, to me, like, I've never been one to make them do shit. Like, if you want to work out, cool. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, you have all the resources to be 10 times better than me and, and, be, and be successful and everything because, you know, I've provided that. But if you want to fuck around and play on your iPad, play on your iPad. But your, get, boy, your boy is different because... They seen a lot. They got a high basketball they, IQ. And they seen a lot, bro. On and off the court. They got championship rings. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So they the, seen a lot. They got a high B-ball IQ, and I think that's what's got them to this point. But as far as skill, they're not where some of their teammates are, some of the kids in their, in, in their class. But to me, like I said, it goes back to my point. Until they were ready, I wasn't going to force them. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And right when we walked to the gym, these little motherfuckers were playing on their iPads, and, the, and then they see Kobe and lose their mind because it was a surprise. And then he's, you know, what you guys been up to? And I'm just like playing on their iPads. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, well, where are you guys going to college? And they both say UCLA at the same time. So yeah, you guys will go to UCLA, but not to play basketball. And they looked at him like, huh? You know, and it's that, just like, you got to work. That's crazy. You know what I mean? You got to work. And now, since then, it's been a steady progression of, you know, dad, you know, let's 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 shoot or let's go dribble and let's do that. And I love it. You know, when they're, when they're ready to do it, I'll work and I'll get them some outside help. But like you said, until they want to do it, making them do it five, six days a week, making it a job at this age, I think is the wrong thing to do. It's crazy. I got a story, too. Uh, Kobe's farewell tour, last game in uh, Atlanta. I was there to bring my son, my 13-year-old. And that changed his life. Yeah. You know, Kobe, because Kobe, all the people waiting on Kobe, he stood there and talked to my son for about 15 minutes. And yeah. You know how many people waiting on him. Right. And it touched my son. You right. know what I mean? It let him know how much he had to work and that it, that is the, the goal is touchable, is reachable right. now by talking to Kobe Bryant. So, you know, shout out to Kobe for that. He did the same thing for my boy. But it, you know, to speak to that, like I said, I think what's got my boys bound is their IQ. And I, the best part of my career was the end of my career because the boys were old enough to understand the game. So they're in the locker room with Kobe mm -hmm. and Powell and those teams when they're really little. You can't buy, you can't buy that. And man. then they graduate and they get a little older. And then I'm with CP and Blake and DeAndre and JJ and all these guys and Doc Rivers. So they're soaking that up. And then my favorite part was my last season with Golden State where Coach Kerr was so cool. 
during the playoffs, he's on. They're on the team playing with us. They're mm-hmm. in the hotel. We're in the Western Conference Finals against against the Houston Rockets, and Isaiah and Carter are having to shoot out against KD. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that kind of shit. You can't. You can't buy pay that. for. You can't. You know, teach. It's just that kind of experience. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think we're we didn't blessed. have that growing up. Hell no. Know what I mean? So, so it's just perfect. like I said. We give them all the opportunity, but to me, make it a process. Let your kid excel and peak at the right time. They peak too early. What's the point? And let them have an input. You know, yeah. let them have an input on the situation. It's their life. I would say so. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Rookies, like I said, with the season just going, uh, you know, some impressive rookies. What was rookie life like for you? Because we had different paths. Like I said, we weren't. The parade decorated draft picks and instant money, you know what I mean? What was your what was your rookie experience like? Well, after after bouncing around, breaking both of my feet overseas and all that kind of stuff, when I got finally got to my rookie season, it was two thousand, two thousand and one, I think, New Jersey Nets. I started my first game. But what was what was good for me was I was on the team with the number one draft pick, Kenya Martin. We both were from Texas. We knew each other, so that was perfect for me. My first year I was with him. Uh, he had my back, and you know, when you're number one pick, you come in the league, you do everything you want. Mm-hmm. So uh, my rookie year was real smooth, and I had stuff on Marbury, too. Oh, gee. They really held me down. The sad part about my rookie year was at All-Star break of the rookie season, I was leading all rookies in scoring. How many points? Uh, it's like 10, 10, 10, almost 11 points. All rookies in scoring. Make the rookie All-Star game, come back from the rookie, my rookie All-Star game, and don't play no more. Like, Byron Scott just stopped playing me. Nobody knows why to this day. He just stopped playing, and that's how my rookie year ended. You never got to ask him. I don't think I. It won't go like it won't go like it should. Oh, okay. I love Byron Scott, but if he tell me the wrong thing, I'm, you know I click. Spreewell him. I'm not gonna spreewell him. I don't. I don't. I'm not a choker. <laughs> I got hands. You know what I mean? I'm not a choker. <laughs> but Still nah, good. but nah. I I never understood it. I never asked Byron. You know what I mean? I never. I seen him. 
But I, and the reason why I never asked him because the next year I went to San Antonio and ended up beating him in the finals. So I, it was no need to. It was to. good. <laughs> it's a process, man. You know, coming into the game, people think once you get here, you know it, you make it, and, and, and it is what it is. But there's just such a, a learning curve in mm. the game as a rookie to your second year, to your third year. I kind of feel like people know how to play basketball, obviously, but you don't understand the NBA game and go into like your third or how to be fourth a professional. year. Right. And that's on and off the court. You know, my experience was some of the years bouncing around, you know, and then finally getting a chance uh, with the Clippers in 2003, 2004, and just realizing like it's either me or them. So I'm going to have to do whatever it takes to stay. You stay. know what I mean? I think we both. We had the same attitude. Right. Regardless. That's why I kind of like low key fuck with you. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Right. Like I said, it was either me or them and it was, it was a similar path. You know, we had to, we never really got to take a to exhale. Like mm -hmm. it was always a grind for us. We always had always, something to prove. Oh, I mean, every game was an audition for your team and the rest of the league. You know what I mean? So every night you had to go out there and play like it's your last. But all right, with Zion down for about six more weeks, um, you know, gives us a chance to touch on a, uh, some other talented rookies. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's a handful of them. Like these kids are coming in ready to play more and more. And I think that's too because the the league is younger. You know, there was always used to be a, a learning process, and do you throw the, throw them to the fire early? But I think the the yeah, but but that's back when there was a lot of veteran, you know, 28, 29 year old guys, guys in their 30s. To hear that Steph's the oldest player on the Warriors at 30, crazy, is crazy. Right? You know what I mean? But I think so. Like that that that's a shift in the NBA, and and it's, it's allowing the league to be younger, so the the incoming rookies. Are, are, are more suitable to play because they're playing with against younger guys. So, you know, someone like John Morant, you know, someone I really like, someone that's very skilled, kind of came out of nowhere into the draft, but a real leader. You Super know, confident. Love it. But Super a, but a quiet confidence, you yeah. know what I mean? He just goes out there and gets the job done. And he's someone, to me, it seems like he can do whatever needs to be done for the team, whether it be score, whether it be an assist. Mm -hmm. he, he's all around, you know, he's a solid shooter. He's a one-two, a solid one-two, yeah. an NBA one-two. Ten more pounds, ten NBA pounds. Yeah. He's an all-star. Who would you compare him to in the NBA now for people who don't know him? That's tough because he's I would he's say explosive. He put, he's super explosive, does a lot of things with the ball. But he can shoot. He I can, would he can pass. Yeah. I would say he reminds me of a thinner Russell Westbrook. I was thinking Russ, but what, to me, more advanced shooting than Russ had. Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? But yes. but Miranda's a monster, can attack the basket. But like you said, Russ was bigger and stronger. You know what I mean? Morant is little doing and Russ that, getting so. bigger. Yeah, you know what I mean? So you're not going to be able to hit the ground too many times at, at Morant's size. Right. Um, but game-wise? Game. Explosive. Similar to Russ. He's going to be scary. Um, you know, someone like R.J. Barrett, who coming into the draft, you know, at the beginning of last college season, he was the, uh, you know, I think unanimous number one pick. You know what I mean? Everyone thought RJ was going to be the number one pick. Zion kind of stole that light during the season. But to me, he's NBA ready, body, can do a little bit of everything. Um, kind of reminds me of a, a Lamar Odom type. You know His what basketball I mean? IQ was Huge. unbelievable. Uh, obviously, RJ had a, has a better jumper than Lamar had it at, at that point. But someone who's big, that can do everything. To me, he could be better than Lamar Odom. And Lamar Odom was a hell of a talent. Mm -hmm. Lamar was changed the game with, with the way he played and being 6'11 out there, being able to do absolutely everything on the court. So saying that, you know, people may not understand Lamar, but saying that he could be better than Lamar Odom is, is a hell of a goal. Yeah, that's that's a great comparison. Mm -hmm. I mean, Lamar Lamar just did it all at 6'10", 6'11", mm -hmm. you know, but they got that same type of lefty game, use their body well, you know, uh, both good playmakers. Unfortunately, he plays for the Knicks, so... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, RJ. We won't be talking about you much this year. <laughs>
he should have a great year in New York. They're not going to win, but mm-hmm. um, Lamar Odom is a good comparison. Darius Garland, Cavaliers. Shoot the lights shooter. out. Yeah, he's one. He probably the best shooter in the draft. Uh, the Lakers really want him. Pure shooter. Uh, he's going he's gonna to be good in Cleveland. You know, he get to play, get some experience, but I would have loved to see him with double teams on AD and LeBron and have him out there shooting. They, this kid can shoot the lights Could've out. Could have been scary. Rich Paul, Rich Paul introduced me to him. He's a good kid. He's a shooter. So you got to compare him to a shooter, like a who, knockdown though? shooter. I would say he reminds me of, let's see, he's not a clay. He's not a clay. He's more of a C.J. McCullough type. He's more of C.J. McCullough. Get buckets, would you say knockdown C- shooter. Would you say C.J. is more of a bucket getter or a shooter? I, I think say- C.J. is a bucket getter. <sighs> yeah. He can definitely would, shoot that He's bitch. more of a bucket getter than a shooter. You're right. You're right. He's more of a buck again. But Darius, Darius has those same things, too. Like he, I'm saying he's a shooter, but the mm-hmm. kid can flat out play. DeAndre Hunter, the Atlanta Hawks. That's it. 3-4. Real talented, you know, uh, high-energy guy. Yeah. He's, he kind of reminds me of Gerald Wallace. Crash. Yeah, he, he blocked shots, hard. rebound. Yeah, got a lot Played of energy. well in the tournament. That's when I really found him was, was in the tournament. He could do a little bit of everything, so I was really impressed with mm-hmm. him. Um, someone I really like is uh, Tyler Hero. The kid out of Kentucky, the one and done, shoot it, handle it, yep. plays at his pace. I was very impressed because I didn't really know. I heard about him coming out of high school and, you know, the one year in college. But to be able to step on the, up on this level, and, and, and although it is a preseason, you could just tell the kid knows how I to like play I like him with basketball. Jimmy Butler, too. Yeah. You know, he, he going he gonna to learn how to play, and he's going to play more, too, because, you know, they suspended Deion Waiters. Yeah. So he's going to play more now, too. So, you know, if they could get all those guys together with Deion Waiters, they're they going to look good. Tyler... He's shown in preseason that he belongs in the NBA. I love He reminds me of Devin Booker. You think he's got that? They got that the same type game? of game. Ooh. Come off screens, real smooth and sweet. Like, he reminds me of Devin Booker. Devin Booker's one of the best, to me, best pure scorers in the game. He's going to be like that for a long time, mm. too. Devin Booker's might not a win killer. It might not win shit, but he's going to be good. I've been saying he's got to get out of Phoenix with that bum-ass uh, owner they got over there, Sarver. He's wasting his years. Shout out to They gave my boy JJ the job, though. Shout out to JJ. JJ. Johnson. Played with LeBron. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, James Jones. They got right? him running yeah, the team yeah. now. Good yeah. basketball mind. Yep. Oh, how many championships do he have? Just come along, play your role. Perfect example, play your role. Play your role. Someone who didn't always a get a chance to role. play. Right, like that's Doc Rivers shit. That's what I live by. But whenever he was called upon, he was ready to play. Constant professional. So it's good to see that, you know, they're making some some decent management decisions over there. Ain't enough, though. Considering who the owner is. Ain't enough. They trash. Kobe White. Yeah. Anytime you got the name Kobe, that's a lot of pressure. Playing in North Carolina, he was a leader. You know, he's the con- he's he just he's just like John Morett. Confident, ready to go, can play uh one and two. You know, in Chicago he's gonna get he gonna play a lot of minutes too. Yeah, I like his his mentality. He looks like a killer, you know, it looks like he's already he belongs there, he's been there. Mm-hmm. I always like to see that out of a rookie. Little guy that just scores it. He reminds me of John Wall. Really? Fast. Yeah, he reminds me of John. He shoots better than John Wall, but he reminds me of John Wall. He reminds me of John Wall. Someone else that I really like and probably to me is one of the most talented players we've seen in the last couple of years is Michael Porter Jr. You know what I mean? He he got a red shirt year in the NBA. Um, you know, hopefully he can stay healthy, but he's someone that I see as 6'9", versatile, can handle the ball like a guard, shoot the ball, mid-range. Athletic. Dumb athletic, but and, and someone too has who has a pure jumper. You know what I mean? So I think he's a big X factor um, if he could stay healthy um, to, you know, for having Denver fight for that West. Yeah. Carson Edwards, someone that impressed the hell out of me in the tournament, man. This kid shot the ball uh, and, and really had his team overachieving in the tournament. Someone who shot the lights out. He showed Ain't going to be too many shots in Boston. There may be, though. You know what I mean? Where? 
the boy just got the extension, huh? Yeah, he just he got, got that hundo and some change. Yeah. So he going to be shooting the ball. Kimberton showed up. He jacking for beats. Got Tatum. He got to prove himself. He didn't. He kind of went backwards last year. So I don't know. Hey, and word. then you got Gordon. He Ain't gonna be too many shots. bullets in the gun for him, bro. You know, second, he gonna be shooting blanks. Second unit, he gonna get some looks. But like I said, someone who's small, someone that could do it all. As far as scoring, mm-hmm. it's tough for little guys to make a living. But now that it's more of a less of a phys- physical game and more of a you know spread open skill shooting game you know he fits in the game although he's small i don't know him I, I that know small him. guy that i just that was just drop dead cold to me earl boykins and, and nate robinson that's the nate two small guys killer. that would just get buckets on anybody yeah both of them both of them nate was a killer still is yeah he's someone that should have definitely found a job we got to have him on the show because he's very entertaining you know nate's a character yeah nate's a character we got to find nate shout out nate shout out him and booze they got a podcast too shout yeah. out their podcast yeah yeah fuck nate <laughs> A uh, quick story with Nate is we was in uh, New York together in my brief stint that there. That fast. And uh, we always were just going back and forth. And this motherfucker put some kind of uh, itching shit in my, in my uh, tights. Had me fucked no up way. on the court. No way. No, that's the crossing. Had me no. fucked up on the court. So that, I mean, he had a better prank. No, I mean, I got him back. I poured a bunch of salt all over his ice cream and he ate the Nah, that still ain't. Bite, but nah. it's not even close to what he did to me. That's why I fuck you, Nate. Straight up. Oh my goodness. That's my dog, though. We played a little flag thing together last two years ago or something like that. Yeah. But super talented. Super talented. Dunk contest at, at, as a little three time champion. Super athlete. One of the best athletes we've seen. I call him a walking bicep. He's, He's just like a woman who just walk one muscle just walking down the street. Ugly as can be. Oh, uh, Midnight <laughs> Thug off Penitentiary. That's what he look like. <laughs> What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. 
Thank you to the geniuses of Spoken Audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Carson Edwards, not afraid of the moment. Someone mm-hmm. we had a really big preseason. Um, so I'm looking forward to him, you know, obviously soaking up game from, from Kemba and someone who is a smaller guard like yourself really learn at an early age. And I think that's something that's really important for rookies is finding that veteran leadership or if it's not if it's a young team just finding someone who has experience and, and really like I said learning the game because mm-hmm. a lot of these kids are very talented but it, it's, it takes some time to learn what it uh, learn what it's supposed to be like to be a professional uh, on and off the court experience and, is always the best teacher though. and I think too is where the game has changed is when we came in the game there used to be the OGs the vets that would put their arm around mm-hmm. you and, and talk you through things um, help who you was avoid it for you? pitfall I had Chris Weber. I had Steve Smith yeah so you know just two Detroit dudes Mm-hmm. You know, the great dudes and kind of saw how they moved on and off the court. But I really feel like the game has lost that. Now I feel like it, it's such a competitive atmosphere that if an older dude puts his arm around a younger dude, he doesn't because, you know, they could be competing for minutes. Right. And, and I think that kind of the OGs on the team and kind of like the mentors, it, it, it's a dying breed with this new generation because everyone is scrapping for minutes and, and, and it's more competitive, I think, than it used to be. Because, like I said, the, the league is shifting to a, a younger league. I remember getting getting a um, call to my room from Greg Popovich in Seattle. Uh, I was coming off the bench. Steve Smith was starting, and that was my guy. Like I was at his house. His wife was cooking for me. Like he treated me like a little brother. Everything taught me everything I know about preparing for the game and everything. And him and Tim was in the room, and Pop was like, "You starting tonight? We're gonna start you tonight." And the whole time I'm thinking was, "How I'm gonna tell Steve Smith? Like you know, I don't feel comfortable. I'm young, so I'm not knowing this is a job." You know what I'm saying? This is my second year in the league, so I'm th- I'm, I care about my relationship with Steve Smith more than I care about starting, you know what I mean? But the good thing about it, we're talking about vets and what they do. I walk in the locker room, my head down, because I know Steve right there, and as I pass him, he grabbed me and turned me around like, look, go out there and do what you, it's not personal between me and you. Mm-hmm. You know, go out there, you my little brother, go out there and do what you want to, don't feel no type of way about it. Mm-hmm. That helped me go out oh, there and no play. Question. That was, I'm talking about that was a lifesaver yeah. for me, but he didn't have to do that. Right. But that, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to test what you're saying about the OGs. They don't do that no more. We needed that. Right, they need absolutely. it now too. I, they definitely need now, they just don't have it. Right. I remember early on, like I said, my thing was being a Laker fan growing up, big time Laker fan, still a Laker fan, but I was living in Sacramento, um, going to UCLA, and this is when the, the, the Kings and, and and Lakers had a, you know, it was a rivalry. They were the top mm-hmm. two teams in the West, and who, usually whoever won that was going to win the finals. Um, so just, you know, being a huge fan, and um, this is probably, you know, I, after my first season, after my first season in the league. So I'm going home every summer being able to work out with C-Webb, uh, White Chocolate, you know, Peja, back in their heyday, Bobby Jackson. Um, so I'm supposed to sign, go back and sign them. Uh, I think it was a two-year deal with the Clippers, I end up, you know, talking to Rick Adelman during the summer, and he asked me what I had going on, and I, you know, really said nothing. I was super excited to try to play for the Kings, so I ended up signing a deal with the Kings, um, and then that's when they traded Chris Weber to Philly, and I was just a throwing at the time, so I went with Chris. So it was my first time finding out on ESPN that I was traded, uh, and then I was traded with Chris, and, and what a big deal because he meant so much to that city. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ends up going to Philly, I go with him, 
and we were just, you know, miserable. It was just something completely different than what we were accustomed to, at least I was. And he that's when he really kind of took me under his arm and, and taught me how to, you know, work hard, even though I wasn't playing and what I need to be doing and kind of kept my head in the game. Someone that I, like I said, I really leaned on to this day, who, who like I said, who was a big brother and, and someone that really got me through some of the toughest times because I could have possibly been on my way out. Mm-hmm. And he used to always just, you know, you got game, keep working on your game. He actually gave me his shooting coach. And, uh, you know, that's when I started to work on my uh, Changed my formula. It's still my form was still fucked up, but I learned how to make that fucked up form go in the basket. Yeah, yeah, you know you what did. I mean. Yeah. So it was ugly, and it was off. But it still it, it went still, in. It went yeah. in. Though. <laughs> it went in. No, but I mean, like I said, vets, I mean, back to the point, you know, vets are important, man. And, and I wish there was still that kind of veteran leadership in the league. Like I said, there's few and far between uh, what guys doing that this year. Every team needs at least one or two vets. Oh, no Every question. team. And even if they don't play, you know, what I mean, obviously, if it plays, it helps. But just to kind of give these younger guys just a little bit of an understanding uh, of what to expect and what's going on. All right. So we're in the balls now. Just an intriguing family overall. And. They've been in and out of the headlines for the last, you know, two or three or three or four years. You know, obviously there was someone that we saw grow in front of our eyes on Instagram and the Internet. And and that's the Ball family. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting family, interesting dynamic. I think, you know, first of all, shouts out to Le- to LeVar for, you know, raising and being a part because there's such a, a stigma on, you, you know. You're going to have to unshout out him too at, at the end of your conversation. Yeah, oh, there's no yeah. question. But like I said, I, I, I like to put it on easy before I dig in. I know I'm shout outs for that. That's crazy. I'm definitely going to have to oh, dig in on him. But like I said, being there, you know, raising three men and, and being an integral part of their life. But to start back on the on the brand as a whole and it's kind of crumbled in front of our eyes of late and it's it's been interesting to kind of sit back and watch i thought they had a chance when when, when the whole when when uh zoe was coming out of ucla going to the lakers Lamelo's doing his thing jello's doing his thing in, in in high school they had a chance to really change the game i mm-hmm. think with the with the triple b brand they got up to the right start but 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 I think before it even got out, yeah, it, it had the foundation because the boys are so talented. But I think when they came out with the ridiculous price points, I think from from that day when it hit, although they got some sales, I I think to me in my head, I'm just like, damn, they missed the boat. They had mm-hmm. a real chance because to me, if you make a a, a reasonably priced shoe, you know, you got to think at the time you could buy two pair of Lebrons for the cost of one Zo. Right. You know, you could buy two pair of Mikes, two mm-hmm. pair of KDs, two. Five pair of Stephs. Mm-hmm. I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Steph. You know I love you, boy. But uh, you know, just like I said, but to to have an unproven, somewhat player for the Lakers, a lot of pressure. But the but you miss the boat. You're charging four hundred, five hundred dollars per pair of shoes. You charge eighty dollars and have some reasonable slippers, and you got two more boys coming down the pipeline. They could have changed the game. Dad was doing too much. I mean, and that that brings me to the unshout out part. <laughs> yeah, dad, dad was doing entirely too much. Like, okay, we we went from man, uh, lo, lo, uh, what's the dad name? Levar. Levar, man, we love Levar. To going in the barbershop and you hear, man, fuck Levar Ball, <laughs> man, I can't stand that motherfucker. I think in like a, a, a month span, it wasn't dog, even long. It wasn't even that long. But I think that he had everybody support for a second. No question. When yeah. it was genuine. When he started opening his mouth, saying dumb shit like he'll beat Jordan and saying, uh, did he say something about Magic's not a Hall of Famer and all kind of stuff he was saying that had nothing to do with his son's career. 
that fucked up the whole operation. But at the same time, putting a target on all his son's backs. Yes. You know what I mean? Because yes. they're good, quiet kids that just go about playing, and then you, their dad is just saying, Where is Chino Hills? Where is that? Shit. It's out in the IE. It's deep. It's out that way. But it, to me, I, I, I think the bigger thing is when the light hit LeVar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When he realized like what this new social media famous era was about is when he kind of lost came his about mind. him yeah and like i said i think it, it shifted from these are my boys to look at me you know mm-hmm. what i mean i'm the star and, and it's really kind of gone downhill since you know what i mean with the whatever the brand is doing like i said i think the price point was crazy so the brand didn't do what it had the capabilities of doing and then for you then know, the sons came out and said the shoes was trash was some dog shit those said he was changing them every single quarter i know the thing you know i mean and you know because you were in protege man one man time. i had a company some, uh, some protege shoe dog you remember my whole bottom of my Bro, sh- the first game you jab stepped and the, your soul came off it was my first signature shoe too the, on protege the, the, at Walmart. The stack. I'm trash. talking about the first jab step. Gone. I'm in the paint. My soul <laughs> at the three point line. I'm like, what the? F-? So I go get a new pair. Hit somebody with a nice move. My pinky toe sticking out. I'm like, oh man. I had to call out like, Al, man, this ain't gonna oh, work. As much shit. as I want to support the brand, bro, this ain't it. And that's what people don't understand. You know, you see. You know, you see LeVar talking about Zoe thinks he's not going to be with Big Black. The shoe is some bullshit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, and, and Zoe has already had some ankle problems. Ball of brand bullshit. That's what Big B, Triple B stands for. Dan- you know Ball what I mean? So to bullshit. me, it, I, I understand of growing the brand and making family money, but you got to think your feet, you only get one pair of feet. Right. You know, and I had a, a, a situation where, you know, I, I had a fucked up toe from football coming into college. through. The, so I always had messed up feet. So I remember when I was with the Clippers, a brand black, I think that's what it's called. And, you know, we're talking to me and Jamal. Black market. And I, and, and I, I put the shits on. And, you know, when shoes are some bullshit, when you can, like, pull them hella tight and both sides come all the way together. I, that's what, you, what the Payless shoes used to do. You know, you used to get three for 39 at Payless. That. That's what them shits did. I was just like, man, my foot is already fucked up. To me, the money is not worth it. And I, I think that's where, you know, Zoe being someone who's been injury prone, lace them Nikes up, bro. If you, if you could hear us, if you see this, wear them Nikes, fuck that triple B, because you have a career to worry about. And if you can hear this, I seen you had on the undefeated Kobe's. Man, I need, I'm, tr- I'm trying to find them, bro. Let me get, let me get some. I, holler at me. I need the undefeated package. You know, you seen this three pair. I need all of them. You so, got to be on the certain so level. Yeah, talk huh? to them. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely on that level. Okay. Holler at you, boy. Okay. I pay for them. That's why they call me Stack. That's why they call you. This what you show what they call you. It's not a game. They call me Stack for a reason. Keep a stack on me. Now y'all want to know why they call me Stack, bro? Because I keep a stack on me. It's not no game. That's my name. What was you telling everyone earlier? Don't call you Steven. Why can't they call you Steven? Don't call me Steve. my look. My stepdaughter at home says Steve when she want to make me mad. My (laughs) name. No one need to call me Steven or say my Steven Jesse Jackson unless you the Popo. And I don't plan on having a Popo call my name no time soon. So Stack is my name. All right, man. Focus, focus. All right, we back right. to, to to Zoe and to me touching on Zoe. The best thing that could have happened to him, whether it was a trade or not, was getting out of LA. Right. You know what I mean? I think he. It, it's unfortunate to see, and we don't know the insides, but from the outside looking in, it really looks like there's a conflict of you know Zoe wanting to be his own man and Lavar trying to hold on like you're going to do this family brand thing. But like I said, to me, Zoe is. Very talented. Your dad cannot be speaking against your organization in the media, bro. Oh, no, come on, man. How 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 are you doing? What's best for your son when you're down when you're talking down on the organization he's playing for in the media? Talking bad about the players. 
Everything. You 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 went from the father that everybody loves to the father everybody hates. Like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, like, Sit come on, back. bro, stop, bro. Your, your you. son is talented. He got a great opportunity to play at home in L.A. for the Lakers, and you want to overshadow it by the things that you, you. want to say. Yeah, right. that's, that's, that's terrible, dog. That's terrible. And I think they got one more coming down the pipeline. Who could be possibly be the number one pick? Listen, I think as all hoopers, we need to come together and hire a security team to keep LeVar away from the youngest son. Because the youngest son is the one. He got game. Okay? He got game. He got everything all the time. He out there overseas working, doing his thing. We cannot let LeVar mess up this kid's career. This kid got it. He definitely got it. He got it. He got it. You know what I mean? And like I said, it's a, it, to me, it's a being a father, raising twins in, in this space. You have sons that are in this space. To me, the second you start making it about you and not about them is 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 where you miss me because I'm more critical about father than anything. Like right. father's the best thing in the world to me. You yep. know what I mean? So, so like I said, it, at first I shouted them out for being there and doing and raising, but to me, now that the light is on him and, and people are saying his name and. He's doing too much, man. You got to sit down and, and play the back. And then the other other cat, uh, what's his name? You don't want to lose your kids, man. You know, and then I just seen Alan Foster on, uh, I don't know what the fuck he's on, but it was on Instagram talking about Zoe has torn ligaments in his ankles and it's not the shoe's fault and it, he needs to get, man, sit your motherfucking ass down. Aren't Always you the a one hater. That stole a bunch of, he's allegedly stole like over a million dollars, whether it was him and then some people are saying it had something to do with the dad. But oh, he need to be looked at. Dad, you want to worry about his other dad. You need to be trying to find him and look at him. Shake his ass down, turn him upside down and see yeah. where that money's at, man. But you out here saying that the kid has torn ligaments and we'll see how the season goes, man. Sit your motherfucking ass down. That's, that's the perfect example. You can be up here, but soon as somebody has their own agenda, soon as you start doing stuff that's not best for the whole family, soon as you start getting your personal gains, everything goes down here real down, fast. Man. It's unfortunate, like I said, because they had a chance. We can't let that happen to the young so, one. I want to see the young one in the league game. for a long time, dog. He got game. I'm excited. Six, eight, he keeps getting bigger, too. That's a wrap, man. Episode two. My guy. Good working with you, man. We I did hope it you guys again. enjoyed it. So like we got to do some of these mics, though, because they fucking up our handshake. We don't yeah. look like we got no swag with our we shit, man. Just we come around and eat it. Yeah, man. got to do shit right, in. man. You know, man? Shit, we got soul. Was your, was your hand in your pocket or something? Why oh, that shit so sweaty? Oh, man. I'm, I got lotion, moisturizer. Yeah, yeah man. You, you Baby oil, all you, that. I see you tucked your shit in I today. I did, too. Shit's look nice. Mm-hmm. They can't even tell you smoke blacks. I'm telling you. Anyway. Shout out to Ford. I don't smoke black. My boy Ford smoke blacks. <laughs> anyway, man, episode two. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you can find us at Showtime Basketball YouTube channel. Go get that. Radio.com and all major podcast platforms. We everywhere. Find us, man. Yeah, yeah what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can find us there, here, over there, everywhere. We find, there. Find him in the trap. Yep. All the smoke. We here. No. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare discover a new educational and interactive podcast stories for kids by lingo kids our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.